Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who've been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps to help you along your military life journey. Here's your host, Lindsay Litton. This episode is brought to you by Armed Forces Insurance. Armed Forces Insurance offers personal insurance options specifically designed for military families. To learn more, visit them online at AFI.org or give them a call at 1-800-313-1936. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today in your super busy quarantine life. Um, I decided today when I was getting ready, like, it's my quarantine. I can do what I want. So I'm wearing pearl earrings with a flannel shirt because I can. And I may have pajama pants on, but that doesn't matter. So we're so glad that you've joined us today and that you're listening from wherever you are. For the next 20 minutes, we are going to dive into Month of the Military Child. But today we've got a little bit of a twist on it because if you're a military parent and you love those military brats that we have, we're going to show you a fast forward on really what is happening to our kids right now and how it's preparing them to be these extraordinary adults because we're going to show you a future version of what we have our hands on. So I'm really excited about it. But before we dive in, we want to thank our sponsor, Mill Housing Network, where we help you to PCS better. And our vision for the Mill Housing Nation podcast is, of course, to help you PCS better, but also to help you live life better, and to give you a community no matter where you live. As military families, we move all the time. So we'll have best friends that live right next to us, and then they end up living across the world, right? So we want to give you this community so that it's your community no matter where you live, no matter where you PCS. So we're really excited to be able to bring that to you. So let's dive right in. All right, today our guest is the one and only Miss Portia Johnson. And I'm very honored to be able to bring her to you today because she's like a second mom to me. She is one of the ones who had a hand in raising me. So if you don't like me, she's probably to blame. So we're just going to throw that out there. Um, and I'm so excited because she is she is the best military brat. She's the best army brat that I've ever known. And she's so proud of the way that she was raised. And there's so many things that she has taken from growing up as an army brat and a military child that I can't wait for her to share with you exactly the things that she took away from that. So let's dive right in. Now, Portia, if you wouldn't mind telling us where you're from, what you do for a living, give us a snapshot of what your life is like now, and then we'll dive into what your life was like as a military child. Sure. Well, right now my life's like the rest of you. It's kind of shut in, but I am Portia Johnson. I live in Vernon, Alabama, which is where I was born, not where I was raised. And I'm a teacher. I teach high school career preparedness courses and English. And I am very proud of who Ashley is and whatever little part I had in it. She's one of the best things about my life. I am an army brat, and I always tell my classes that at the beginning of every school year, and they look at me like, what? Because this is not an army society that I live in now, but I'm very proud. My daddy joined the military. Well, he was drafted right about the time I was born, and he was here for my birth, and he left, and I did not see him for 11 months. So every time that happened, as we all know, we have to have somewhere to go, and my mother always came home. 
to her mom, which happens to be exactly in this position where my house is now. So I never was coming back here, but here I am. And in the meantime, it seems like it was my life, but it was only 21 years of it. My dad was uh, active duty. And the first tour, once he came home from Germany, when I was 11 months old, uh, we moved to California and we were there for five years. And I do remember some things about it, perhaps because of pictures and just stories. But there are things I remember. I do know that I started kindergarten there in first grade and I, I have good memories. And then we came back to Alabama because my dad went to Korea and my brother was born. Okay, one brother. So and when they came home from there, we went to Colorado, came home from there. He went to Germany. I had another brother. Okay. And then we got to join him in Germany. And I went to fourth, fifth, and part of sixth grade there. And afterwards, we went to South Carolina and spent three years there before we returned to Alabama for the Vietnam tour. And um, that was not a good thing, but it was where we were. We were three children and a mom here in Alabama watching the news every night and hoping and praying for the day that my dad came home. And you all know what that's like. So it's a lot different nowadays, by the way. And after um, the Vietnam tour, I was very, very lucky to get to spend my 10th, 11th, 12th grade and one year college in Jefferson City, Missouri. There's no military base there, but there is an ROTC unit at the college. And that's where my dad was stationed. And four years in one place was amazing at that time of my life. Now, I did change schools 14 times from the time I started kindergarten in California until I settled in Jefferson City, Missouri. So that's a lot of switching around. Sometimes it was moving across town that did it, but whatever reason, I changed schools a lot. And that also helps make me who I help make me who I am. Because as a child, when you're moving to the school and you're the new kid, you either cower in the corner or you get out there and want to tell your story and who you are and why they should be your friend and you know, you make friends, you're you're loving it, and all of a sudden, we got orders, we're moving again, and it's a sad time, and you think, I'm never making friends again, never, but I did, and those friends are with me today, a lot of them on Facebook, um, sometimes it's just a Christmas letter, but it's amazing that I'm able to communicate with those people that I met, I will say as far back as fourth grade, the first tour of Germany. I think I skipped one of those, by the way. After we were in Missouri, when I was had one year of college, my dad had one more tour, and it was to Europe. And I made the choice to kind of stop out of college and go. I worked civil service. I lived there as an adult, kind of. I was still of age. Took college classes until I came home. And um, I was 21 when we got when he got out of the military, of course. And uh, that was a kind of a traumatic time for me because I was coming home to go off to college for the first time to be out of the house. And I lost my ID card. Now, as a military brat and getting your ID card at age 10 was a big deal. And to have lost it just because I came home from Germany and was not currently enrolled in college was traumatic, but I survived. And here I am today. What else can I, I, tell I will tell you that getting your ID card is absolutely one of the biggest moments of your life as a military child. I think we all know that. 
but I was so glad that you shared what a traumatic experience it is getting your ID card taken away because that is absolutely, I hear that from everyone. And honestly, as crazy as this sounds, I think that may be the reason that we see a lot of second generation, third generation military members. I think a lot of these children do not want to give up their ID cards. So that's wonderful because I think that we are, we are having a, second and third generation military members simply because no one wants to give up that coveted ID card. So now I, the, the listeners, especially if they're, well, maybe not if they're listening because I mute myself. So you don't know that I'm crying, but if you're watching this on Facebook and you can see me while she's talking and I'm just over here sobbing, if all of you are going to, all of the viewers are going to think that I'm just a big crybaby, but I'm telling you like, there are only a few things that elicit tears immediately. And some of the things she's talking about <laughs> are absolutely it. So I'm so glad that we got to hear the recap of your story 14 times, changing schools 14 times. There's so many people that are listening to this that can completely understand. And I think more than anything, what parents of military children want to know is, is this messing up my child? Like we're doing what is best for our country. We are, we're serving our country as parents. We're serving our country as spouses. Um, but are we messing up our kids by moving them around all this time? We want to keep our family together, but is this going to traumatize them. So I guess if you don't mind, this was not something that I, I meant or that I thought I was going to ask you, but would you mind just addressing that really quickly? Do you feel like moving around all the time and changing schools 14 times, even though it was hard, do you feel like it totally traumatized you and messed you up? Absolutely not. And let me say that I was not, um, I wore glasses, I was overweight, and yet I never felt like I was discriminated against or not welcomed until I moved to an area where there were no military students. It was a little bit more hard, a little bit harder to get into that group. But that was Missouri. And that was my favorite place of all, I guess, in America anyway. But no, I do not feel that way. In fact, I know things have changed a lot since I was a student making those changes compared to today. Today might be easier because of the common core thought that students should learn about the same thing in every everywhere they are in the same in that grade so it should be something very similar that would help because i did do feel like that i was traumatized in the math area because we had the new math in germany in fifth grade and then i came to south carolina and they were not doing new math and i'm weak in math so there it was a problem because my weakness helped. It hindered me from being able to just pick up and do it the old way when I had been taught a different way. So that was one place that, that yes, that might have made a difference, but that was me. As far as overall, absolutely not. I think it makes a well-rounded child. It makes you um, confident because you have to tell yourself, I'm as good as they are, and I'm going to go out there today, and I'm going to make friends, or I'm going to show them. I'm not going to shy away from, and this, this is something I, I really did kind of do, and that is shy away from joining something or taking piano lessons because we're going to move in three years, you know, or we're going to move in another year. But after a little while of that, my mom told me, no, you quit making that as an excuse and you get in there and you do it. So I became a brownie. That was one thing I wanted to do. I never made it to Girl Scouts, but I was a brownie because wherever I moved didn't have it. But anyway, um, there, there's no reason for anybody to be worried about their child being an army brat because there's too much 
positive to go along with any bit of negative. That is so good. Okay, so for all of you listeners and viewers, she says she's weak in math. I will tell you, she's the one that taught me my multiplication tables. So there's that. And I'm actually really good at math. So I think it's so funny that she added that in because I remember being... I think it was third grade. Maybe you learned your multiplication. I don't know. Anyways, I believe that whatever grade it was, I remember sitting at her counter on her her um, bench at her bar and her teaching me my multiplication tables like, like it was yesterday. What's funny is she taught me I'm really good at it. I'm not a great, I'm actually a homeschool parent and I wasn't really great about teaching my kids the multiplication table. So I was like, it's just so easy. This is how Aunt Poe taught me. So I think that's so funny. But I love that you focus on all of the positives that outweigh the negatives that come around. But uh, pointing out not to be scared to get your children or if you are a military child, maybe there's a, a, a 12, 13-year-old watching this or listening to this in the car with their parents while they're traveling, um, not to be scared to get into something just because you're going to move in a few years. Everything's just a, a bonus experience. So now you mentioned that Jeff City, Missouri was your favorite place that you ever lived. Is there a reason why that was your favorite? Probably because of the time of life. I moved there at the age of 15. So I got my license. I had a lot more freedom. Um, It was not on a military base where there were the same restrictions. Not that I was a wild child, but it was just different. Now, it was not my favorite place. It was my favorite place in America. And I do think it's because of the time of life. My favorite place, you want to know, was Germany. I was fortunate to get to be there as an elementary student, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and then to go back as um, a out of college one year and to be able to, as a military dependent, to work as civil ser- civil servant at um, the Longstuhl General Hospital, the, great, the biggest American hospital outside the United States. I was in an um, appointment system and I loved it. I had the freedom of being um, an adult, but I had the comfort of my parents and my brothers there here with me. So it was important to me to be able to share my family with the people that I hung out with the people that I met and hung out with the young people who were there without their families. And it made for very special um, holidays where our family took people in from everywhere. And our living room was filled with Christmas presents of families that had sent them all to their, their sons and daughters and grandchildren. And we put them all in the living room and then opened them all together and huge gatherings. I was lucky. My parents were there. My friends were missing theirs, so they shared mine. That was important. And being able to travel on my own as well as with the family and see as much of the country, the nearby countries as we could, and um, that was very special. It's an opportunity that many children never have, um, especially where I live. Uh, Thank goodness for the Internet. It gives students an ability to do virtual tours and to set goals, and I want to go there and I want to go there, but there's times in the recent past where I would mention something I've done or somewhere I've been and they go, you went there? And I thought, yes, because I was an army brat, not because I was wealthy and traveled the world, but because of the military, I was able to see a lot of the world and it it gave me great experiences. I love it. And I love that being your niece and being a, a military spouse myself, when we went overseas, you know, we lived in England, but even when we just recently 
went to Germany, I was able to share some of your childhood memories with you. Uh, for those that are listening, like I was able to go back and take a picture and say, this is what this looks like now. We even went to a castle and I was like, hey, I remember you talking about this. And I sent a picture and she was like, yeah, my bratty little brothers would run through those tunnels. And I was like, how cool is it that then when they lived there, her bratty little brothers, they would go and take picnics to uh, to this particular castle. And my dad, who is her brother, and uncle would run through all of these tunnels. Of course, now my kids were like, why can't we do that today? Because everything's roped off. Everything is definitely different than it was then. But my kids being able to look down and think, oh, my grandfather, my uncle and my aunt used to play right here. Like his grandparent, I mean, their grandparents that they see is just their older grandparents, you know, they're, well, actually they're great grandparents. What am I thinking? They're, they're great grandparents, but they think of their gee and daddy gee, their great grandparents is these wonderful older people, which is the only way they've ever known them. But to be able to take them back to Germany when they were in their prime and to say, oh, your great grandmother used to do this. Your great grandfather used to do this. It was such a special moment. And I think that's something that a multi-generational military family really gets to share. I think it's something super special. So, all right. So here is what I'm most excited about. Will you please share with us what you believe your experience as a military child, as an army brat, as you've always put it, has done for you as an adult? How did it prepare you for an adulthood? Um, You are very successful, even though you'll never brag on yourself. You have raised my, well, I mean, one of my favorite people on the planet, like her son, John Ross, was raised as my brother, basically, and truthfully, He's still my best friend. I love him dearly. So as a military child growing up, what did that instill in you that made you the incredible mother you are today, the incredible teacher that you are today, the incredible person that you are today? And honestly, one of the most upstanding citizens that you'll ever meet, like she never misses the chance to vote. Um, she will. She was born on flag day, so she will always wave her flag. So why don't you tell us, like as a military child, what that instilled in you maybe most and just share that with us, because I think it's so beautiful to see the fast forward version of where my 13 and 15 year old will be one day. Okay. If I had to put it in one word, it would be discipline. Obviously in the military society, there's a lot of discipline, but to me, it wasn't just at home. Of course I had it there. My daddy started as a, when I was a baby and very young, he was a drill sergeant and that carried on through life. And it taught me manners Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Until I said that, I was not excused. Um, It taught me politeness in social situations with other adults, how a child is to be seen and not heard. Um, It taught me so much about discipline. And maybe it's not the better part of me nowadays, but the discipline that I learned at home and as a child has carried me into well, of course, my own home, but also into this classroom and the school. And probably if you took 100 students out of my high school and asked them what they would remember about me, it would be discipline. I didn't break the rules and I didn't want them to. And I just stick to that. I believe in it. There's a reason for them. And I admit sometimes we may not agree with it, but we do it anyway. We go along. And that brings me to the other part of it as being I'm very, very proud to be an American. 
I'm very proud of what America is with all its faults. I'm proud that I'm able to live in America during this time and the previous 65 years and or some of that. And I'm I'm just so I love to see the flag. It makes me have chills. Um, last night I was watching the draft and to hear the national anthem, it made me cry. I mean, that's the way I feel. America is that important to me. That's what my daddy did. He's and your husbands or wives or whoever it is that's in the military. That's what they are preserving for your children and for those to come. And even though too many today don't appreciate it, and I have to insist that my students stand sometimes for the pledge and be still, I cannot make them say it. Most do. If they're going to go to the trouble to stand, they'll say it. But I can't make them do that. But I can encourage them and I can give them stories and reasons why they should be proud to be able to do that. So being able to to have the appreciation for America and all that it means, um, the discipline uh, with the discipline comes that ID card again. Um, one of the things that was so unusual, I guess, about a military brat life was when I got that ID card, I was told, look, you don't lose it. You don't share it. You don't abuse it. And you better have it when you need it all the time. So it stayed with me until one day I lost it. I didn't even know I lost it until the police station across the street from our house brought it to my house. And oh, my goodness, did I get in trouble? I didn't know it was lost. Why? Because it reflected on my daddy. And that's something you learn at an early age is what you do on a military base or as a child of a military person is is reflected on. It's a reflection of them. I wouldn't get in trouble when I was older and I had driver's license and lived on the military base and drove. If I got a military traffic citation, it wasn't so bad for me, but it was bad for him. I didn't get one. But that was important. So you have to learn that. And that's something else I learned is that your your actions have consequences, not only for yourself, but the people around you. And that's important for people to learn, children, students, all of us. And um, I've mentioned how great it was to have lifetime friends from the military and the travel opportunities. I never want to take those for granted. I do appreciate it because like... Um, I saw something on Facebook just yesterday and it just kind of fit. It said, being happy doesn't mean you have it all. It simply means you're thankful for all you have. And as a military child of an NCO, we didn't always have the most money, but we traveled and we camped a lot and we loved it. And we were together and all the times we were together were special, playing games, having fun, water fights, whatever it was. My, when my daddy was there, we were too. Now, my mom kept us together so many times when he wasn't, and we were still a good, happy family. But we didn't have to go places. We didn't have to have what everybody else had, even though my parents always tried to get it for us. We had a good life, a happy life. And that's that's what's important to remember, that this is a happy life if you want it to be. Well, I think that is perfect. Everything that you said, this recording could not be more spot on to what I hope that you would share that I've known my whole life about you and all the things that you've shared. It couldn't be more spot on. This is exactly what I wanted our viewers and our listeners to be able to just get a glimpse of. And I'll tell you, 
I am, I, I don't even think I shared this on this. I'm an army brat as well. So my grandfather was in the army. My dad was in the army. My husband is in the air force. So I've been a part of the military in some sort my entire life, just like my aunt Portia. And I tell everyone this, I am the girl that cries every time the national anthem plays. I was crying during the draft last night. And truthfully, I don't care anything about the NFL. We're from Alabama. We love college football. We listen to the draft just to see where our boys are going, right? So knowing that you're raised with so much respect for that flag, if your kids get nothing else out of this experience, but the things that Portia mentioned today, I can tell you they're in for an extraordinary life. They're going to be contributing members of society. They're not going to feel slighted in the sense, and they're going to be proud Americans their entire life. And they're going to raise other proud Americans because I'm proof of that. And if you listened to our podcast last week, you definitely caught a glimpse of another generation of my kids and what proud Americans they are. They love bragging on their hero daddy. So thank you all for listening today. Thank you, Portia, for spending time during your quarantine. I know, I know that you have a lot going on inside your house, just like we do. But I mostly appreciate you getting dressed and ready to show up on video because that's what I had to do as well. So Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you and we hope that you will continue tuning in and listening to this podcast because it really is your community no matter where you live. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Millhousing Nation podcast. To connect with Millhousing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.